Alyssa Lang, formerly of First Coast News, spent quite a bit of time here in Jacksonville before joining the big leagues at the SEC Network just a few weeks ago. In collaboration with Boyd Magazine, I interviewed Alyssa along with other women in sports media who have Jacksonville ties for a story dubbed Females Talking Routes and Getting Paid to Do It. Yes, that's a playoff Panthers quarterback Cam Newton's infamous comments in 2017 about women working in sports media, which this series is designed to sort of prove that all entirely wrong. You can catch the full editorial, which debuts in in Void Magazine's September sports issue, but in this YouTube and podcast exclusive, Alyssa details her life growing up as a sports fan, getting involved in sports media, and the challenges she faces in this ever-evolving industry. Let's go. Welcome in, guys. We are here with another interview for Void the Mag September Sports Issue. And next up, we have Alyssa Lang, and she is a sports anchor for First Coast News currently, but she's in the future. She's going to be accepting a new role. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But first, welcome in, Alyssa. Sort of give us a little bit of a, you know, for, for those who aren't familiar with you and your career journey, give us a little bit of background on where you were, where you were born, where you were raised. I believe it was South Carolina, but, but correct me if I'm wrong. I've kind of been everywhere. So I kind of sort of claim South Carolina as my home. I was born in Maryland. We moved all over the place, too many places to even list. Um, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, And then I kind of just got on 77 and went south. And I uh, went to school at South Carolina. So I'm a Gamecock. Spent a couple years in Columbia, South Carolina, working in that market, um, covering college football and the Panthers. And then I got the opportunity to come down to Jacksonville, May 2016, I believe it was. Saw a not so great first personal season with the Jags at three and 13, but then 2017 was great. Um, and I've had so much fun for the last two years in Jacksonville. So yeah, I've a uh, loving life on the first coast right now. Now, you're a Gamecocks grad. What what made you choose University of South Carolina? Yeah, I mean, honestly, and I tell everyone this, it wasn't the school that was top on my list. Um, I loved Georgia. I loved the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Um, the way the cards kind of fell and the way the scholarship money kind of worked out, um, I kind of was looking at South Carolina more so when I got the acceptance letters back. I actually hated it when I first went on my first visit. And then my dad was like, let's go back and look one more time. And I went back and um, I fell in love with it the second time. So I ended up going there and having an incredible four years with Jadavian Clowney there. He was here. So um, I had some great college football memories in Columbia. Now, you said it, you fell in love with it the second time around. What made you fall in love with it the second time around versus the first? I think the first, well, the first time I went, I was sick. I had a cold and I was just like, I'm spending my spring break looking at colleges right now. And all my friends are at the beach and I hate this and I hate yes. everything. <laughs> so when I went back the second time, I think it was a little closer to actually being a college student, like on the, on the spring side of my senior year when it was actually like becoming real. Um, and I loved the city. The university is very integrated with the city. You're in downtown Columbia one second, you're, you're at the school another second, and everyone's just so friendly in South Carolina. It's really a, a Southern hospitality kind of state, and I really fell in love with it. And, and you covered sports at at, at at University of South Carolina. Did, what did you cover all the sports, or, or did you only focus on football? What was sort of your, your I guess your job looking like? 
Yeah, we did a little bit of everything. So I pretty much tried to do anything I could get my hands on sports wise when I was in college. Um, we had a student television station with a couple different shows that you could work on there. There was an entertainment show, a news show and a sports specific show. So I started on that sports specific show and we covered everything, girls and boys, soccer, volleyball, baseball, football, everything. Um, the upperclassmen kind of got the dibs on football. So you had to stick around a couple mm. of years to be able to do Earn your stripes. Exactly. Exactly. So um, got to cover everything with them. And then I think it was my sophomore year. I started interning at the local CBS affiliate there and I was doing more high school sports just around the area, high school football, really whatever they needed me to do. Cause I was an intern. So I just did everything there. So between those two, um stations it was pretty much every sport that was being played in the city of Columbia at the time <laughs> now did you did you always have a love for sports or where did it start I guess first start a manifest for you yeah I always loved playing sports I've always just been overly competitive like mm-hmm. it's that I I hate losing <laughs> anything. And I remember just coming home from like middle school, high school and being really mad and telling my mom, like, I got into this argument with one of the boys at lunch today. And he said that such and such, and such team is better than such and such team. And he's so wrong. And I used to just argue all the time. And that was like one of my favorite things to do. And my mom was like, well, you know, you can do that for a living, right? Like you can talk about sports for a living. And that's when I was kind of just like, you know what? I think that might be a good you know, track for me to to take and try to explore. So it just kind of happened from there. I wrote sports articles for like my high school newspaper and I really never even thought about anything else. It was just kind of like, well, I'm going to do sports. Hopefully it works out. <laughs> so that, that's, that's interesting that your mom was the one who, who got you into it. Cause I think for, it's, it's fair to say for a lot of female sports fans, it's usually her dad. It's yeah. your dad that gets you into sports, but it, for you, it was your mom. Right. My parents were definitely both very, very big sports fans. My dad was kind of the one who would sit there and explain to me what was happening and, you know, kind of the more, technical side of the game and my mom was the one who would sit there and be yelling and like screaming (laughs) at the tv and she had like the passion and like we would always joke we can't go watch games at sports bars because my mom would just be like beside herself if her Virginia Tech Hokies were playing terribly so I kind of got a little bit of it you know from from both of them but I remember my mom being the one who was like you need to be doing this like you love people you love talking to people you need to do this so she she was the one that I think kind of put the idea in my head and now my dad loves to be able to say that his daughter does yes of course so yes my that that is uh I think one of the first and when my dad introduced me to people or to his friends that's one of the first things he says they like that it's just it's, it's not a big deal <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> so uh, what you know you're in college you're covering sports you're interning at a local station so how do you sort of I guess navigate the job world after you graduate college did you pick Jacksonville or was it one of many cities you wanted to go to how does that process sort of work Yeah, I, my whole career kind of path has been a little crazy. For me, it's really been more of me just kind of being in the right place at the right time, honestly. Um, I started as the weekend anchor in Columbia at the same station I was interning at. And the guy I replaced actually ended up leaving the summer before I started my senior year at South Carolina. So I went to my boss and I said, look, 
I don't go to school on the weekends. You know, I can work on the weekends and I can try to make it so my classes are done by, you know, two o'clock. Um, I'd love to have a chance to do this job. So they, I don't know what they were thinking when they believed <laughs> that I could do it. And they let me um, do the weekend sports job while I was in school. So I did a two semesters finishing up at USC and I would be out of class by two o'clock and I'd go to the station at three, be there till 11. And I did that for two semesters and then the weekend. So I kind of just cycled out of college into that job a little bit more full time. Um, and then I was there for about a year and a half out of college um, when I came down to Jacksonville for the SEC women's basketball tournament was here in 2016 um, this first coast news is actually our sister station with the station I was in, in Columbia. And they happen to have an opening coming in the next like month or two. And I'm looking around and I'm like, this place is pretty cool. The beach is like 10 minutes away. Can you know what, can you guys consider me for this opening? So I ended up coming back interviewing here and then got the job here. So it all just kind of has happened. Um, Jacksonville was never on my list of places, but I'm so glad I ended up here because I, I love it now. Um, and now whenever my friends from Carolina or anywhere else are like, Jacksonville, I thought Jacksonville sucked. I'm like, heck no, Jacksonville's awesome. Nice. And they come visit and they love it too. <laughs> I, I think it's the Ville part. It, yeah. it, it, that's always like, you usually have a bad experience with any place that with a Ville at the end of it, except for Jacksonville or Louisville too. I'm like, there's a beach and there's bars. What more do you need? Honestly. <laughs> you, you cover college football and, and the heart of the South. And then you, you come to Jacksonville covering the NFL during, you know, sort of like the dark ages a little bit before last season. How different are those two worlds of college football versus the NFL? Are there pros and cons to each, I imagine? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're incredibly different. In college, you know, everything's... I would say much more controlled in a different way. You know, they're very um, protective over the student athletes as they should be because they're still very young. You know, you're talking about 18, 19 year old kids. And then you get to the NFL and it's definitely more structured. Um, you kind of have a better idea of what your week is going to look like just as far as, you know, when press conferences are, when practices, things like that. But you know, when you're talking to guys who are making millions of dollars and they're a professional now, you kind of, I think, have a little bit more leeway with what you can talk about with them. Um, a lot of colleges, you know, don't even let freshmen talk to the media. So being in a situation where you're with these guys every single day in the locker room and you get more exposure to NFL players, I think you can build those relationships a little bit easier and kind of get those more personal interviews with them. So I definitely have enjoyed, you know, getting to know those guys and certainly watching them from 16 to 17 go mm -hmm. from three wins to what they did last year was just incredible. And being able to be there for, you know, less turnover than you see with college players is really neat. Well, you sort of hinted to it earlier. So how do you, I, I've never been the type that I've always been, you know, with, with in sports media in particular, always been just sort of, you know, the opinionated person, never the, the, the person who's day in and day out covering a team in the locker room. How do you, does, does someone like give you a guide of like how to maneuver like a locker room or like a post-game press conference or is it sort of just throw you to the lions almost? Sort of just get thrown in there, honestly. I mean, thankfully I've got, you know, some great coworkers and the Jags people are incredible with their PR staff. So they kind of know, you know, when there's a new person who might need a little bit of help. And 
I always joke with some of the ja- the Jags PR members, Tad and Alex. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be blowing you up all the time. Doesn't matter if I'm new <laughs> or if I've been here for two years. I'm always going to be texting you. Um, so, I mean, but you learn a lot as you go. Um, there's not really a handbook, but thankfully there are a lot of females in the business who are willing to just answer questions, even if it's like, Hey, what should I wear to practice? Like what is okay to wear? Um, just little things like that. There's such a great network of people you can talk to, but you know, once you do it for a couple of weeks and you get thrown into it, uh, you just kind of have no choice other than to roll with the punches um, and try not to look lost and you <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> well, you, you sort of lead me right into my next question. So it, it, working in sports media, obviously you're out in, in the, the elements a lot. Uh, being a woman in front of the camera, looks are still very important, as, I, I guess, as they should be. So how do you uh, – so – you're leaving work for the day. It's a game day. What's in your sports media bag? Oh my gosh. Well, uh, for training camp, my bag is huge because you're out there from nine 30 to about one 30. And some days you might have to shoot a stand up. Some days you're just shooting practice, but if you're shooting a stand up, you're doing it after probably four hours of being out in the Jacksonville heat. Um, I have crazy curly frizzy hair that I have to do every single day, but the second you're out in the humidity, it's like, <laughs> So for me, I've got hairbrushes, little portable hairsprays. I've got packs of peanut butter, cliff bars, so I'm not like passing out on the sidelines. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, you're usually hauling around a camera, a microphone, tripod, um, cables, all that kind of stuff that you need to actually, you know, do your job. But um, hats, sunscreen, sunglasses, it's like going to summer camp, honestly, <laughs> and then just hoping like your makeup's not just sweating off your face. <laughs> now, do you have a like a go-to tip for keeping like the hair and the makeup and the outfits in, in order? Oh my gosh. For me, not the hair. I, I have no tips. Hat. If anyone has tips, give them to me. <laughs> I still haven't figured out like how to keep my hair. I, I really try to do it. And then by the time I'm out there for 10 minutes, it's just up in a ponytail. Um, I always say though, I try not to even really wear any makeup or try too, too hard before practice. I'll bring a little bit of makeup for after practice hmm. and you, you take the towel or the wet wipe, <laughs> kind of try to redo it and make it look good enough for for on camera, especially when you're doing um, what a lot of news stations call MMJing, which is multimedia journalists, which means you're shooting your own stuff, you're carrying everything. Um, So I try not to put too much effort in before knowing that I'm probably going to get pretty sweaty over the next couple (laughs) hours. Well, you you know, uh, a a great hair tip that my cousin, who's actually a a hairstylist, she said to get a Brazilian blowout and I just started getting them done. They are a lifesaver. Like I, I haven't had one since uh, I, I didn't do one during last football season. My first one was like back in March, but ever since then, like no frizz. You can oh do your hair in the morning. It does. It lasts. Like it, it still has like some uh, dry shampoo also helps. Yeah, fun. Absolutely. So, <laughs> but a Brazilian blowout, like it, it, I swear it's like a treatment that they put on your hair. And I swear like it has helped me like through like, you know, 12 hour days at Disney World in the middle of June. And it's, I, I swear by it. So I'm, I'm hoping that this, and your hair is never frizzy. And I always look at your pictures on Instagram. Like, <laughs> how is her hair not frizzy? Because my hair is curly like that, but I can't even wear it outside because Brazilian it blowout. I, I, it has changed my life. 
That's incredible. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm like going to make an appointment next. <laughs> well, was switching gears a little bit to, to something, I guess, a little bit more serious. But what's the most, I guess, uh, challenging work situation that you've ever faced? Because obviously women working in sports media, that's it's it's uh, it has its own stereotypes. It has its own connotations to it. So do you, have you ever faced a really challenging situation? How did you overcome it? Um. There's nothing really off the top of my head that sticks out. I mean, I've honestly been very blessed to work with a lot of people who have been very supportive. Um, I will say, you know, a lot of women know that, you know, just the daily grind of dealing with sometimes men who aren't quite used to the fact that it's 2018 and there's women allowed in the locker room can get a little challenging. Um, you know, I think it's a lot of it is a generational thing, not to say that, you know, older men are, are not supportive because there are plenty who are. Um, but occasionally you'll deal with a comment or two here and there. And um, like I said, I'm kind of a competitive and straightforward person. So sometimes you have to walk that line of, do I say something back? Do I correct this person? What do I do? Um, I think here in Jacksonville, I had a day, I guess it was last season when Cam Newton made those comments to a female sports reporter in Charlotte where I kind of did a, a response on our air. Oh, that was great. I remember that. Thank you. Um, yeah, on the show that night. And I got a lot of backlash about it. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, women included, who just were not understanding of, you know, the other side of the situation. And 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 that's understandable because you don't really know until you walk in somebody else's sure. shoes. Um, and that's certainly not to say that I think I have it difficult at all. Because I know in that piece I said there are a lot of women who are – in even more male dominated fields who are doing much more incredible things than I'm doing covering football games. And I can't imagine what they deal with. So um, I think it's just kind of something that I've tried to take upon myself and in talking to girls who are trying to get into the business, you know, making sure they understand that there is kind of a standard I feel like we have to uphold. And um, I feel personally like I need to be the smartest person in the room because there might be people who doubt you immediately just from looking at you. So um, I think as long as you show up and know your stuff and, you know, don't do anything that, you know, you wouldn't want your mom to know you're doing whatever it is, do the right thing, then then you're set. You should be good. Now, you, you, I, I, I think you've played both roles where you give your opinion. Obviously, you've come on Helmets and Heels a few times and then also for First Coast News. How do you sort of balance that, that or, or balance that walking the tightrope of, of giving people the news versus giving people your, your perspective and your opinion? Yeah, it's definitely been a line that I've kind of had to figure out myself over the last couple of years, honestly, because when I started, I was kind of, you know, you're, you're drilled into your head in journalism school, facts only, you know, you only report what you see, what you hear. Um, there's no room for your opinion. But I think when you kind of get into it with sports um, and you kind of start to develop your own opinions, especially if it's something as simple as, you know, well, who should be the starting wide receiver for the Jaguars? I think that's something that's okay to be able to sort of, show your opinion because I think that makes the fan base and people who watch you respect you a little bit more because it's just another avenue for you to demonstrate that you know what you're talking about. Um, as far as the Cam Newton thing, that was something that I honestly at first didn't really want to give my opinion on. I was in our newsroom and I was fired up about it. And one of my bosses was like, you need to say this on the air. And I remember being like, well, no, I, I can't do that. That's not, you know, 
And then I start thinking, well, why can't I do it? You know, it's something that relates to me that I think, you know, needs to be said. If it affects somebody positively, I think it's worth it. So I think there's just a time and a place for it. Um, working in Columbia, you know, I was a Gamecock, but I also covered Clemson. And I definitely didn't want any of the Clemson fans to think that I was a homer or anything like that. So I, I walked a very straight line as far as opinions there. And I would kind of equally criticize, you know, South Carolina and Clemson so that there was never any reason to say, you know, you're biased. So I think there's a certain, certainly a difference between being biased and having an opinion. Um, and I think it's just, you know, you kind of know in your gut when, you can share something or whatever it is. But like I said, X's and O's things, everybody has opinions. That's, that's kind of part of the job once, once you kind of get into it. Now, going back to the, the, the Cam Newton situation, you said you received a lot of backlash from, from both genders. How do you sort of do, did you, how did you deal with those trolls? Did you respond to them? Did you just ignore them or, or did you just sort of carry on as business as usual? I pretty much read probably every single response that I got or everything that was, um, tagged or tweeted at me directly. I did not respond to all of them. Um, my boss kind of warned me that he feared that there might be some sort of backlash. And he was like, just don't respond to anyone because when you start responding, they know that, you know, they got you, whatever. I think I responded to one person who said something that was just completely unrelated. And he told me to go do something and I found it extremely rude. So I think I responded to that person. But other than that, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion. And I think that people who are open to having actual dialogue on social media, I would love to take the time to respond to them. But a lot of the responses that I got that were negative um, seemed to me that it was from people who were not really willing to have an open conversation about it. So that's when I kind of just ignore it move on. But if it seems like someone's willing to go back and forth or is genuinely curious, I'll respond to, to anyone. <laughs> Going on into, I guess, a, a more positive story. So you've obviously, you've worked at several locations as far as sports coverage is concerned. Have, do you have a moment that was a, you know, like a, a pinch yourself moment that I can't believe this is my job? I remember covering the NFC championship when I was in Columbia and the Panthers had just made it to the Super Bowl. I guess it would have been 2015. And I remember I was by myself. I was MMJing. So I shot the game. I was on the field. The game ended and Josh Norman was a South Carolina guy. He went to Coastal Carolina. So he was one of kind of the go-tos for an interview that day. And I remember being one of the first people to get to Josh Gore or Josh Norman. And I'm in my like tiny little camera and I'm just like tiny compared to all these other people <laughs> who are around me. And Josh just stuck his face in my camera and he was like, we don't have to pack up our bags tomorrow. We're getting travel bags, not trash bags. We're going to the Super Bowl. And he just went off. And I remember sitting there after the game, thinking back and being like, not only was that an incredible game, what an atmosphere. I'm not even a Panthers fan. And this was like incredible. Like, I feel like I'm part of their journey and they're going to the Super Bowl. And it was just an incredible moment that I was like, yep, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this That's is awesome. awesome. And then even with the Jags last year, I mean, being in Pittsburgh for that game was amazing. And we had an interview with Malik Jackson yes. <laughs> game, and he kind of had a similar situation. <laughs> just went off and I'm sitting back. I was like, this is the best interview we've ever had. The Jarrell Casey quote. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he was just, you know, and, and that kind of goes back to having 
sort of a relationship with those guys and they feel comfortable enough to just like grab your microphone <laughs> and do that. And, and it's awesome. But those two games certainly stick out. Those were awesome. That's awesome. That that's it gives me goosebumps when you talk about it because oh it just uh, just relive it all all over again. And I'm not a Jags fan either. <laughs> I'm just sitting there in the press box and I'm like, let's go! Like I'm so excited. And I'm like, wait a second, I'm not even from here. <laughs> but you get so into it. So when you are growing up, you're loving sports, and then you start covering it. Do you have any women in the industry that you've you've always looked up to, or or that you you personally admired nowadays? And who are the women that you are sort of your go to? Yeah, I remember in middle school and high school, always telling people like, I want to be the next Erin Andrews, just because she was kind of the go to girl at that time. Um, I've always thought she was extremely professional. She's very good at her job. Um, The athletes seemed to really respect her, which I think is a huge part of it. Um, And then over the last several years, I've become a huge fan of Sam Ponder. I feel like she's very real. She's very upfront. You know, you see her on social media talking about like how much pizza she ate the night before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I'm just like her. Like, this is awesome. So um, really liked those two. And then I was fortunate a couple of years ago to meet with Tom Rinaldi. He was actually at South Carolina. They were doing sports center hits that day. And I had like a sports broadcasting class and they let us come out and basically roll cable the entire day. So I did that with them from like eight to five. And Tom took an hour out of his lunch break. I think it was to just sit us down and say, what do you want to do? How are you going to get there? What's, what's your plan? And did he make you cry? It was incredible. (laughs) He is like, he's just like he sounds on TV. I mean, he's just a down to earth, caring guy. And I never anticipated that like I'm some college student and Tom Rinaldi wants to talk to me about how I'm going to get where I want to go. And that's something that I'll carry with me just forever. And I, I know he's not a female, but he was just a huge part in me feeling like, wow, if someone like this can still be this down to earth, like mm-hmm. this is awesome. And I just felt so blessed to have his attention for just that hour. So that yeah. was his, his college game day stories every Saturday. It's like oh, you, the waterworks. Yeah. I'm <laughs> by the end of it. Yeah. They're incredible. So what is sort of, I guess, a, a stereotypes exist everywhere, but for, especially for, for women working in sports, what's one stereotype that you can't stand that you would love to squash immediately? I think there is a terrible stereotype out there that women just get to where they are because of their looks or because they did X, Y, Z to get a job. Um, I ran into a little bit of that myself coming to Jacksonville. Um, Unfortunately, I think the people who were making comments on some like message board online were actually other media members um, and they were male media members in some markets. They had never met me before. I didn't know who they were. Um, and they were kind of like, it's incredible that someone out of college would get a job like this when I'm stuck in, you know, market, whatever. And I was kind of like, well, you don't know me in the three years while I was in college that I was working at the station. So, you know, I really started my TV career before I graduated. Mm -hmm. So it's been years. It's not like I've been doing this for nine months, whatever. So I remember being kind of like, well, that's weird. Like you don't even know what I did to get to this job. So um, I think you see that and, and it might just be, this is what I've seen, but I think you see that more with women who take these big jobs or these big steps um, 
you know, at the same time, being a female and being knowledgeable about sports is still kind of seen as a rare thing. So if you can have that talent and if you're able to, you know, talk about sports in an intelligent way, I think, you know, you if you can work hard, then, you know, more power to you. Um, so that's something that I definitely wish that people wouldn't just make snap judgments that, well, she must have, you know, done something to get this job. It's like, no, she, she probably just worked hard. That's right. probably it. <laughs> it's like, uh, it, it, it's like the bitter old guys like Ed Werder who, who's out there tweeting that he hopes that you, you get a job based on credibility. And it's like, right. well, well. <laughs> right. and I'm sure there's instances where people get hired, you know, and maybe they shouldn't have, but I think that's the same, you know, I'm sure there's, men equally, you know, who have gotten hired and they probably run all industries. Sports is no different from any other industry where it's, it's mainly it's networking and it's who, you know, and, and making those connections. We had a Mackenzie Thurkill on earlier and she talked about her hustle and how she, she worked at different places, how she got noticed. And is that she said that almost every night she would go home and she would connect with, you know, 40 to 50 people on LinkedIn. Right. And that's how she got a lot of her opportunities. Opportunities is just simply by networking. So it's it's not a lot of the times the stuff that you see online or on social or or in video format. It, it's it's that hustle when nobody else is watching that a lot of people don't notice. You never know what someone is doing behind the scenes. You know when they're not on the clock, and I think that is a huge part of our industry as well. I mean, if you want to succeed, you have to be doing those extra. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that goes into it. What's one thing that future you would tell your past self? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, don't read the comments. <laughs> I would tell because people told me that, and I was just like, "What do you mean? Don't read the comments." And then I read the comments, and I'd be depressed for the rest of the day. Um, I guess to just not take myself too seriously. I mean, when I started, I remember kind of feeling like I had to emulate, you know, Sam Ponder or emulate Aaron Andrews, or I wasn't going to be successful. Like I had to be them to a T. And, you know, I think that definitely makes you stiff because you're not yourself. Hmm. Um, And in the last couple of years, particularly in Jacksonville, which, you know, comes with just having a little bit more time and experience under your belt as well. um, The more I just was myself and would just get up there and talk football like Alyssa Lang would talk football. That was when I found more success and, and more happiness and even that people would pay more attention to you because, People know when you're, you know, imitating someone else or or just trying to kind of skate by. But when you're 100 percent confident, you're 100 percent yourself. When when stuff hits the fan <laughs> live on TV, you know, that's what's going to come through. So the, the quicker you can figure out who you are on TV or whatever medium radio, you know, you're doing, um, I think the better. And and I would I would have told myself that to just just be you, girl. <laughs> So what is one thing that you wish fans knew about your job? Oh, that it is not glamorous (laughs) at all. It is not glamorous. And your first couple stops, you are not making millions of dollars like everyone. Mm -hmm. When I run into people at Publix and they're like, oh, you should grab my groceries because you got all that TV money. I'm like, oh, (laughs) Okay. Um, you know, when fans will see you out at like high school football games and, you know, I've got sneakers and a dress on and I'm like matted in sweat and I haven't eaten in 10 hours. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that you had to carry all this stuff. I'm like, yep. 
single day, one of my running jokes with Dave Caldwell, every time he sees me at the Jags facilities, I've got a tripod over my shoulder, a camera on one shoulder, a backpack on my back. And he's always like, where's your cameraman? Who's carrying on your <laughs> And every time I'm like, Dave, you got to tell him to get me a cameraman. <laughs> I've been waiting for two years. And I it's a hustle. Exactly. So, um, I think a lot of people don't realize that, especially with women. They think that you just get on TV and you actually say what someone else wrote for you. I've gotten that a lot as well. That, oh, do you really write your own stuff? And you, I thought someone wrote that for you. And I'm like, no, I, I don't <laughs> get on camera and just read and stuff. people doing your hair and makeup at the same time. Exactly. None <laughs> of that is true. So there's a lot more behind the scenes. So by the time you're actually on camera there's a lot of things that have happened over the past couple hours um, that people just don't really know about. So you, you mentioned earlier that uh, you, I mean, unfortunately for the Jacksonville market, you're going to be leaving us and, and going off back home, I guess it's kind of home back, back up to Charlotte. So how, what is sort of that career transition look like for you right now and, and in the next few months? Yeah. So um, at the end of August, I'm going to be making the move permanently um, up to Charlotte so I'll be doing a couple different things. Mainly, um, I'll be anchoring and reporting for the SEC Network and ESPN family. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm so sad to leave Jacksonville, but SEC Network is college football, and I'm an SEC girl, and it's just a dream come true for me. So I couldn't turn it down. Um, and at the same time, I'll also be working with our sister station, First Coast News' sister station in Charlotte, WCNC and hosting Panthers game day on Sunday nights and helping them out a little bit throughout the week with Panthers coverage. So um, I'll miss the Jaguars for sure, but I am anticipating coming back very soon and seeing a Lombardi trophy at the stadium (laughs) very soon. Um, So yeah, I'm very excited about the next chapter. And I mean, Jacksonville has been incredible. I certainly would not be able to make this move if it hadn't been for the last two years. Now, would you say, is it fair to say that the SEC Network is a dream job or do you have an ultimate dream job that you see yourself in the the next five to 10 years? Yeah, I mean, SEC Network is incredible. I mean, I remember when they launched and I said, I would love to be able to work for them. So right now, this is a dream job. I don't know what the future holds. Um, Obviously, I'd love to do whatever assignment ESPN would give me. But right now, I am 100,000% focused on this next season and just kind of doing the best job for the SEC network that I can. And hopefully, um, you know, maybe making a national championship game one day and being able to broadcast that, that would be awesome. I would absolutely love that. All right. Last question. If a young woman today says, I want to get involved in sports media, what's the number one piece of advice you would give her? Internships or doing anything you absolutely can. I mean, I interned at a couple radio stations, newspapers, like anything I could get my hands on. I like walked into places and was like, please let me just like watch you. You don't have to pay me. Just let me do anything. Um, and I think truly that's the reason why I was able to kind of break into the business was just because of my internships and who I met there and the relationships you're able to form there. It's very difficult. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult to graduate and then start looking for that kind of stuff in this business. So anyone you can soak up, anyone who's willing to kind of give you the time of day or teach you anything, 
Um, learning anything is huge because the more skills you have and the more things you can do, the more marketable you are. And especially in today's local news industry, they want people who can just do it all. So um, being a sponge is just huge and taking any opportunity, like don't ever say no. (laughs) (laughs) So of course you're going to be, we already talked about you leaving Jacksonville, going up to Charlotte. So where can people sort of follow your work, both in, in, in all the markets that, that you've worked in, where can people find you in the next, in the next few months? Yeah. Most of my stuff I just do through Twitter. Um, at Alyssa Lang is my handle. So I'm always retweeting stories or whatever it is. Um, Hopefully I'll kind of be traveling all over the Southeast for uh, Saturday football. Um, hopefully I'll be back in Jacksonville for Florida, Georgia. But yeah, most of my stuff will be on the SEC network, which I think is a separate separate channel, whatever you have, DirecTV, Comcast, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, and then if you're in Charlotte, um, I'll be on the NBC station there. But I think, I think only folks in Charlotte will see that, unfortunately. But mostly SEC Network, um, ESPN, all that good stuff. Well, we'll be sure to follow you along no matter where your journeys take you on, on, on Twitter. I'm, I'm imagining Twitter and Instagram are probably your go-to mm-hmm. platforms as most women or people just in media in general. Not even, You don't even have to be in media. The Twitter and, and Instagram are the go-tos, I think. Yep, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa, for joining us. And if you guys want to check out the editorial piece on women in sports broadcasting, be sure to check out Void the Mag, their September sports issue. It drops September 1st. And thank you so much, Alyssa. Thanks, Bly. All right. Awesome. Hopefully you all enjoyed that interview. We'll have more of those in the coming weeks, but be sure... You are subscribed to the Guys Girl Media podcast and YouTube channel so you don't miss any of our fantastic football season content coming up with some bonus material all throughout the season. Until then, be sure to visit voidlive.com or stop by a local place in Jacksonville to pick up your copy of their sports issue, which features a ton of local women out here killing it on a daily basis. But until next time, this is your girl Blythe signing off and go Jags!